Hey you guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. I want to welcome you to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I am so delighted to have you here with us today, and we have a very special guest with us. We have Miss Amira Hall. She is a channel, a spirit medium, author, and she is also a quantum pioneer. And today she is going to be talking to us about her journey, how she went through illness and a near-death experience to then discover her gifts and how she is now using those gifts to help other people really discover their true authentic selves. I cannot wait to get started and to hear this conversation today because I am fascinated by her story and I know that you will be too. So thank you so much, Amira, for being here with us today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for all the work you're doing too, Melissa. Oh, thank you. Incredible. <laughs> now, I am fascinated by your story, um, and I just read a little bit about it, and so I know you have so much more to share with us, but you talked about how you went through illness in your life and had a near-death experience, and that really changed your whole life. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that journey? Well, I... Now we have the words and the, the description of a spiritual awakening. And at the time, you know, sp most spiritual awakening occurs for people when through a crisis or through a loss. Mm -hmm. And we were talking before the call and I, I'm sorry for your loss of your mother, but honestly, that's when my real awakening started. My father passed away. And at the same time, I was going through a divorce. So it was an extremely challenging time in my life. I was working in corporate America, doing very successful and well, when all of a sudden, when I came back after processing my dad's funeral, et cetera, um, I, I, I was so weak. I was diagnosed by, by the doctor as having chronic fatigue syndrome. That was back in 1991. So we didn't have the internet. You know, there wasn't any talk about chronic fatigue, but I was devastated. I was completely incapacitated. And before long, I lost my job. So I had, you know, what is that? Three whammies. Uh, they were all big ones. And I was new to the United States because I'm a Canadian born American, <laughs> but I, I was lost. I had no friends. I had no support system. So I really, truly relate to anybody that's going through, you know, you check the boxes. <laughs> There's a lot of them. It's, it's a big deal. Um, so that's when I started my journey after crying for two weeks because there was no solution. The doctor told me to go home and prepare my affairs that I was going to either die or end up in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. So after a while, I mean, I couldn't come to terms with either of those choices. And a good friend of mine had led, led me to acupuncture. Mm -hmm. So I started my journey out of pocket to healing myself, finding a solution. And I think that's really important for right now and what we've been going through for the past two years. Um, I know we each have a different struggle in a different way, but I find it so critical to take back our personal power from the system, so to speak. They did me a favor because I think ever since that time, I learned that I go to natural processes and listening to my intuition, trusting my own body and signals for that. So I started to get better with time. I did go through organic I switched my diet to organic. I did acupuncture. I started meditation. Um, I, I was doing yoga. 
And my acupuncturist suggested that I go to the beach once a week just to quiet my mind for one hour, just to do nothing and watch the waves. And so I think this was like a, a learning how to incorporate and quiet my mind because it was very busy and active mm -hmm. and full of fear. I have to say, you know, um, I didn't know where I was going to go next, what I was going to do. Um, and so little by little, I started to get stronger. I started using gemstones and making semi-precious jewelry. So again, with color, with the minerals and the earth, it was all working together to simultaneously bring me to a new level. You know, I love the crystals in my hands and, and working with the vibration. So what happened is I got back into the work world and things were going really, really well. I was a powerful manifester. And I started feeling like there was something missing. So I heard this little voice in my head. I'm like, it's a little tune, like a little jingle, like doo 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 doo. And it was over and over. I'm like, what is this? You know, where, where's this coming from? Mm -hmm. So I was curious enough and spiritual and, and, and doing readings and different things like that. So a friend gave me a flyer to go to Peru. And I did. I embarked on this journey to the jungle, worked with a shaman, and that was the man that was that's singing to me, calling me. Wow. And so, you know, it was an intense experience because I didn't know what ayahuasca was I don't know if you've heard about it but it's it's a I had no clue what I was stepping into and that's when I got the vision in an ayahuasca ceremony that I was a star seed I came through a stargate it was a diamond shaped um symbol or or gateway I never heard those words before but I shot through like a light beam or a comet to the earth plane into this this area on earth called or near Egypt. And I'm like, well, wow, that's fascinating. That's interesting. But in that moment, I knew I needed to go to Egypt, that that was the next stage of my journey. I had no money, didn't know how I was going to do it. And I just said to spirit, okay, I'll go, but I need the money. So then I heard this little voice say, well, with your tax return, if you get a tax return, then you're going. So sure enough, I got the tax return refund. And away I went, had an incredible journey. And it is off the charts, um, mind blowing in so many ways, taking you to a high, new high spiritually. And I just wanna share that I am leading a group again in Egypt um, this October. So anybody who's yeah. curious or ready for this activation that is profoundly coming to us as spiritual seekers. Mm -hmm. So um, by the way, you don't have to have a near-death experience to come to the journey or that's <laughs> good to know. Not part good of to the know. journey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um so there I was, I I was, you know, having these celestial music playing in my head or telepathically in the temples. I was communing with some of the gra granite statues. I mean, Egypt came alive in ways that I could not have ever imagined. It seemed like a bit of a, oh, myth and storybooks and just stories, but it was literally like I stepped into a zone there. Well, I ended up staying 
a little bit. I extended the journey after the group left and I was purchasing some gemstones for, they weren't gemstones, pardon me. They were little trivets or um, beads, antiquities that I could put in my jewelry. And I thought, wow, this would make it a really super powerful amulet, right? Yeah. So I went back the last day, I was leaving that day to pay for these beads. And um, what happens in Egypt is when you purchase something, especially if you're a friend of somebody. So I was with a friend and the point was they, they normally bring tea or coffee or a Coca-Cola or water. Well, this time they brought out a joint. And I just thanked them politely. I don't smoke and I wasn't interested, you know. Yeah. I, had, I had tried smoking before and it, it just didn't do anything for me. And so keep in mind, I was on this healthy regime and not looking for anything like that. Yeah. So I said, thank you. No. Well, Mohammed, the guy that was in charge, he just went off the charts. He went shouting and it's kind of an Egyptian way they get excited, <laughs> but I interpreted it like he was just screaming at me, right? Yeah. I was feeling vulnerable and withdrawn and I'm the only female in the room. And so you uh, thought he was like offended that you would. Oh, yes, he was. He kept yeah. shouting, it's the best. So like yeah. he thought I was refusing it just because it was crap or something. Oh, <laughs> and so I'm just more quality. But <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sitting there going, oh, now I've insulted the man. Mm -hmm. I need to. OK, I've smoked a little bit in the past. Doesn't do much for me. I'll just I'll just go along I'll be gracious and then I'll be on my way because nothing will happen because it, it right, never did right. so well that didn't quite happen okay uh what did happen was the joint went around twice I politely made it look like I'm inhaling and next thing you know it was time to go and everybody bounces up and they're ready to walk out the door I couldn't move my my legs were paralyzed I was sitting in a chair my arms were stuck down and I, I, I felt myself standing behind myself. Wow. And it was like, I, I could feel myself leaving the body. I could see everybody that was in the room. There was all of a sudden there had been about 10 guys, eight to 10 guys. And it was like, I could see them where I was like at a circuit city with 20 different TV screens in front of me and everything playing a different movie. And I was real like, oh my God, I'm seeing their life. And then, so as I'm standing behind myself, I kept feeling, I got to stay in my body. I got to stay in my body. I put my hands out in front of me to, if I, I thought, if I could just splash my face with some water, if I could just get myself and keep myself here, the water will jolt me. But my friend walked it towards me and it felt like slow motion. I remember just getting my hands about here with the water. And I remember thinking, oh shit, my mascara is gonna run. And so it was like, oh my God, the vanity, right? In the very last minute there, I was worried how I was gonna look. That sounds like something I would say too, though. So. Oh, yeah. It's a girl thing. What can right, I say? Right? We've been conditioned, right. Yeah, and conditioning and programming and look, I needed to look good in my death. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, the Egyptians make a big deal about death and ceremony and the afterlife. So why, if I was here and now I would take that with me, I want to take whatever I can, right? Right. Anyway, it's not logical. But what happened was I, I literally apparently blacked out. Apparently my body froze, my arms and legs stiffened. I was on the ground. They were pounding my chest with all their might. Mm -hmm. trying to get my heart pumping and, and, and my breath going. They dragged me out, loaded me in a truck, um, and had my head propped outside the window of the pickup truck, barreling down the road, trying to get me to a hospital. That's when I started, the part, next part I remember is I was shooting through the sky and it was like the galaxy all I could see was black and stars and I could see the earth and it was way small little God. And I was going so fast. It was getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's such a big place. How am I going to find myself? And so I, I, I located, it was kind of like a GPS or a plane coming into land, you know? And then I heard this strange language, didn't understand. And I'm like, I don't know where I am. I don't know that language. And then it started clicking. Oh, it's Arabic. Oh, it's Egypt. It was literally like I was, I was stepping down and plugging into where I left myself, like a spiritual GPS. So I found my body. And then I, it felt like I was trying to put on a wet wetsuit, getting or wet clothes. Have you ever done that? Where yeah, you're, yeah, oh my God, it's sticky. It, yeah. yeah, it's like you're tugging and tugging felt like 20 minutes and I kept trying to get into my body and then trying to open my eyes was really hard because it was incredibly bright so I all I could feel were my bowels and all I knew was I needed a bathroom <laughs> and I touched my friend's arm and I said where are you taking me he said to the hospital, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that's going to kill me. And I'm in the outside the Valley of the Kings. I'm in the most primitive area possible. And I'm thinking, oh God, a primitive hospital is the last place a person wants to go, right? Right. right. Anyway, I said, I need a bathroom. They brought me to the, his brother-in-law's place, had to carry me up three flights of stairs. I couldn't walk. Yeah. Um, get up there and he's I'm insisted he stay with me in the bathroom because I, I just I was didn't want to be alone I just it was so it was so much effort to get into my body I just didn't want to be alone right. at the same time I felt this incredible peace bliss joy in my heart and he, he, he had tears just streaming down his face he said you don't understand you died he goes, your heart stopped, your breathing stopped. So I don't know how long I was gone. But what started happening for me after that is that day, within a few hours, I had to fly back to the US. Wow. He quickly booked, he had never been on an airplane and he was wow. petrified. He had to quickly book a ticket somehow, some way that would be equivalent to one month's salary in the US, equivalent to Egypt. He got a flight, he got, he went and helped me. Before this started to happen or the arrangements, 
there was an armoire across the room from me where I was laying in his brother-in-law's bed. And in the wood grain, I could, I could see this, this face. It was a lion's face, but it had a female body. And that's the goddess Sekhmet. So having seen all the gods and goddesses and the stories, I couldn't really understand and remember who she was. So later on, I asked one of my guides that was actually at the airport with me and we took the, the flight back. I said, who's Sekhmet? She said, oh, she's the goddess of healing. She's the like the patron saint mm -hmm. for all the healers. And I'm like, oh, like I had no clue at that time that I was going to be a healer, or that yeah. this was my work. I had no, like, oh, okay, well, and, and she's the goddess of destruction and creation. So she's got one fiery temper. You don't want to piss her off. But once it's like you're part of her lineage, you, you know, you're, you're a super powerful entity, part of a sisterhood. Mm -hmm. So flying to from Cairo to eat for JFK, it's probably I think it's a 12 hour flight. So, you know, I go over this and over this in my mind, like, okay, some people say well, you were stoned Amira, you know, that's really good. Well, great. So I flew overnight, and I slept and, and get off the plane. And everybody looks like black and white paper dolls. And I was horrified. I was like, holy shit, what is this? Where am I? I don't want to be in the United States. It's ugly here. It's horrible. And I was looking at my book and struggling because I didn't want to look up and look at any people in the airport. It was like horrifying. All I could feel was grief, depression, anger, and fear. And it was everywhere in everything. And it took me, I flew to Atlanta. By the time I got to Atlanta, I realized I am walking in the land of paper dolls. I too am a paper doll. And, and, and it was like this understanding of I'm, we here collectively are lost and we're, we're below this range of a high frequency that is love. We, we don't know how to get there and stay there and have that bliss. Wasn't until some time later, I started getting these downloads of where I went and what happened. And it was like, I, I was shown climbing a staircase. So unlike some people with, that have had a near-death experience, they go through a tunnel. For me, it was almost a black staircase that I was going up. And at the top of the staircase, I was greeted by a, a guide that said, you know, like, welcome. I'm going to take you on a tour of the all, but you can't stay here. So that was their way of saying, you're, you're going to visit. You're not staying. You're going back. And it was like my body completely melted into this golden liquid that then just evaporated. And it was then that I was telepathically poured, teleported into what felt like it was a strange thing because the only word that I had to define it was, is this the matrix? Because it was almost like utter perfection. It was dimension within a dimension within a dimension. And I, I went into this room that was like a conference room. And there were, I don't know the number exactly. There was 10 or 12 beings. They were androgynous. 
They were sitting there. They were all dressed the same. They had plain faces. And it was like the top of their heads opened. It was like a pot lid or a kettle lid. And this golden light from the top of their head streamed all at once into the top of my head and told me that I could access anything that I needed to know when I needed to know it. And I believe that was information from the Akashic records that we're all connected and anything that we need to know or want to know, it's all there. From there, I was transported to this, in front of this large doorway and opening into a hall that went forever into the hall of records or the Akashic records, right? And they told me there was just doors on either side of this great hallway. And they told me that I could take it, I could pick whatever room I wanted to go into to access the information. So I took the first door on my right was a gold door and I stepped into it. There was some hesitation as I did that. I remember it was so quick but easy yet there was some like what I know there's no going back yeah so when I stepped in there it was like I the closest thing I could describe it to as a human is being in our mother's womb it was safe it was warm I I didn't feel any like there was nothing to do or think or be, but it was this all-encompassing, all-accepting, powerful vibration of love. And they explained to me that this vibration permeates everything that exists. And it's all, love is all. And again, it wasn't about, oh, I love you, Melissa, or I love my kid, or I love my mom. It wasn't anything related to us with our emotions it is a pure and simple acceptance and power. And I wanted to stay there forever. Yeah, I can only imagine if you had that feeling of just the safety and the you know, we don't feel that so many times here on Earth. So I can imagine wanting to stay there and that feeling. But comprehending the vastness of that frequency and that it creates even hatred and it creates things and it creates situations and it creates literally everything. I mean, that is mind blowing. And I don't know that our human or our linear mind can truly, truly comprehend that, not to mention our emotional self. So just as I was whisked, I was in that and it was moving. It was like a kaleidoscope of dynamic, moving, vibrational, fluid. It was all of it, you know? I was like thrown out, like, like a boom and you're out. And I'm like, well, that was harsh. <laughs> I didn't want to leave it. And of course they knew that. Yeah, right? yeah. rude. And I think, I think yeah. when, when, we, when we pass, when we leave this earth body and we go into the next realm beyond the veil, that's what I believe it's like. When we, when we finally drop all that earth energy, we step into that, that collective being part of everything that is. And I do struggle with that. I do struggle with 
keeping what I know and what I experience, keeping it with me. It's, it's an ongoing reminder for me as I talk to you and explain and share it with people. I too, am, it's almost like there's another person here listening to the story, you know? So I was thrown into the corridor again and I saw this um, pink door, a walk through the pink door, but a kind of expecting a similar experience there wasn't that. It was like a green, emerald green, opaque, not dense, but somewhat heavier energy. And what happened was I got to see a timeline of my life. And I, that I believe that was my life review. I got to see how every emotion and all of my stuck feelings and thoughts created my illness from seven years prior. Wow. I got to see how I destroyed my relationships. I got to see how I created the situations with my work or other friends, etc. I saw the whole thing and it had nothing to do with anybody else. It was all of my emotions. And they showed me that I, I needed to learn to detox. That's when I went back. I started to learn about detoxing my intestinal started to detox my emotions. I started to detox my mind, the belief systems. I, I was rigid. I didn't even know. And then to this day, and I think it's an ever unfolding journey of releasing beliefs and thought forms that are not true or real or, or misconceived. And so that's when I knew my journey first was for me. My journey was to heal me, Amira. And the old adage is, you know, healer, heal thyself. We are no good as a healer or a teacher unless we are an active participant in our healing process. And honestly, that's my biggest pet peeve is that there are so many so-called healers or teachers on the path that aren't doing their personal work. And, uh, you know, I really applaud you for sharing and being so vulnerable with your journey because this is this is monumental for you as it is for your mom but it's 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 very powerful for the people that you are leading yeah i mean that's i live by what i have also gone through and and i had a mentor before who did the same thing and that's what brought me in and wanted like helped me to want to do the work and me, you know, and, and to understand, first of all, that I needed to do it because I just was seeking answers. Like you, I went through a spiritual awakening after a breakup and I was trying to seek answers of why do I keep getting the same results? Why am I repeating the same patterns of behavior over and over and over again? But and what if you're not? <laughs> what if you're not? What if you think that you are, but really you're taking the spiral up? It's true. Because that's what you just showed me. And I'm not holding back. I just think, I think you're harder on yourself and don't recognize me. Or I think you do recognize, but what if we don't? I started to adopt that. Like, what if it's different than my perception is right now? Yeah. It's yeah. so liberating. It is. I mean, there are a lot of things you hit the nail on the head like we have so many conditions put on us 
and we are way harder on ourselves than anybody else could ever be. Um, and that's why I think this work is so important because it is about love, that place of love. Again, exactly what you came back to and not, not necessarily the love, like we understand what love is. I think it's even beyond our comprehension. As you said, when you felt that total love, it was like nothing you had ever really felt before and you couldn't describe it. No, I still struggle and it's been 22 years. I think words that are starting to come into our everyday language that are helpful are like high vibes. Yeah. But we know when we go into a room and it's a real downer, you know, or we know when we like being with somebody that's or being in their space where they're they're present and, and they just there's something so yummy about them. You know, you just feel so good when you're around them. And now when I go places, people go, there's something different about you. Yes. See, they're, they don't have the vocabulary to say, oh, it's her frequency. Right. Uh, that's, that's, that's carrying that love vibe, I think. But we have to clear those unconscious and lower vibrations that are literally keeping us away from what we already are. So I think the big takeaway was I learned that until we start doing the work, is that that's number one. And then as we do that, we, we recognize that we're just letting go of what we're not because the truth is we are love. We are this high superpower creative energy. We're super creators and we've all forgotten. You know, 20,000 years ago, we've fallen into this great amnesia. And our souls have incarnated and incarnated and incarnated. And we've got these lifetimes of, you know, clay that's just keeping ours heavy. But now we're like punching through this, this barrier. And there's a force of people that have done their work. And the force field is building and building and building and building so that we can easily, more easily step into it, you know. I started my journey 40 years ago. Okay, so it's it's now an accelerated pace. And I remember saying to people, and yeah, you're gonna need tools. You're gonna need tools to help you navigate the uncertainty. And so that's what I do. And that's what I, my book, The Essential Guide to Spiritual Awakening and my Stress Buster, which is on my website, that they're both tools to help you begin letting go what you're not, the beliefs, the ideas about yourself, your limiting perspective, your judgments, your fears, all of that, so that you can start shining brighter. And that's it. And God knows where it's going to take you. Because I believe also, as we activate our spiritual gifts, simply by letting go of what we are not, the spiritual gifts are going to blow our minds. And I think like, okay, telepathy or um, clairvoyance, which is something that I really focus on helping people with. We, I work with the upper chakras because I believe that's where our power center is. Um, so all of you empaths out there, <laughs> guess what? We're all empathic. That's a natural ability, but we don't have to be taking it all in all the time. There's ways to adjust our frequency so that we're managing it. 
not being a victim to it or hiding or not being able to show your light and uh, all that you've come here to do. So back to the spiritual abilities. I think, I, I think in my lifetime, I'll be able to walk through walls or other people watching them just appear in my living room. And so I think, I think it's going to literally blow our mind. I think there's so many other spiritual abilities that want to come in, but we all have to raise our vibration. And then, you know, we're not going to be able to lie to ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> we're just, there's going to be no, you talk about truth sayers, you know, we're going yeah. to be, that's going to be, it'll be instant karma and it's already starting to happen. You say some things about somebody or you go against your own better judgment. There's karma right there. It's going to happen faster and faster and faster. So more than anything, we need these tools to navigate it because otherwise I really feel some people are going to lose their minds yeah. and many souls will be popping out of the body because they won't be able to handle the frequency. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, quite honestly, if I would have stayed on the other side, I, I would have been happy to. And I don't mean that as a person that's going to take my own life. No, no, no. Right. It's just knowing and being there. I am not afraid. Yeah. I welcome it. And for anybody who's dealing with loss right now, and like yourself, Melissa, it's, it's incredibly difficult. I've been there with my own family and dear, dear friends. And, and it's still a shock, but it's a wonderful place. It's a wonderful place. And they don't stop living. That's yeah. the best part. Yeah. They're still here and they're still talking to you. Yeah. That is the comforting thing. You know, I mean, that's, I, we keep saying that is, we're sad because we don't feel the connection like we once did, but she's in a relationship much changed, right? Relationship exactly. changed. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I mean, she still shows up all the time, you know, with, especially with my daughter, she just has had different ways that she's shown up and we've all been like, okay, <laughs> we hear you. We see you. We know you're here. And that's beautiful. You know, it seems like they do that you know, in a way that can soften your heart. Yeah. And, and you get to see it and go, oh, that is my mom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and, and even though we know this stuff, it's still a bit of a surprise. It takes us back. Like, oh, I wasn't expecting that, you know? Yeah. Oh, gee, yeah. that sounds good. It does. More and more confirmation. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you said, a lot of people I know will say well i'm not hearing anything i'm not seeing anything i don't get any signs so they're not around and i always say well i think you're looking too hard <laughs> for some people yes um, sometimes they're just yeah. so afraid that they are going to get the message too yeah yeah but i find too for people like that that usually in the dream time is the first time that they show up and they'll leave a little message and it's always helpful if you just say well give me a sign you know, and, and then you have to let go. You truly have to stop looking and it might take a week or two or less, but just a sign. And then you'll go, oh, was that, was that them? Cause I just saw something that said a quick guide and maybe that's, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. oh, and then there'll be another one and then another one, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're right about coming through in dreams too, because that happens a lot too. And I think for a lot of people, they just don't remember sometimes their dreams too and that's a problem too so saying please help me to remember my dreams and write them down like right away when you wake up if you think about it because sometimes 
you're like me, I'll have a dream. And five minutes later, it's like, I don't remember what it was about now. So I need to write those things yep. right yep. away. So, you know, Melissa, you reminded me of a client that passed away last year. And she was a longtime student. And I, it, it, it was, it was difficult. Um, but it's almost like she was, she, yeah, she just welcomed it. And um, I worked with her husband some. And then after she passed, he struggled a lot. And we started doing some work together. And I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version really quick. But he's always been a musician. And he, and he wanted to, his hope and his hope, dream of dreams was to be um, a full-time musician. He was never really validated for his gifts mm -hmm. and he's like in his 50s I think or early 60s so you know when you get up in that age it's not yeah. easy for any musician never mind to be recognized at that age well right. within about six months the strangest thing happened all of a sudden people are coming up and taking his video while he's playing his voice was better than ever all of a sudden he was he was playing bass and he really wanted to play guitar he just put it down and started being in his flow and all that time he kept saying to me amira you know she hasn't come to me his wife you know i'm looking for her and we were so close and why isn't she coming to me and it uh, literally it wasn't even six months. And just a few weeks ago, he said, Amira, she came in my dreams. And it was so real. It was so strong. And she held me and I held her. And there was no words said. And it was the longest, like she was really in the bed holding him. And then he woke up and just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. Another layer of his grief but such a real connection. And it was extremely profound. Um, of course, I had messages for him along the way, but he was pissed off. He's like, how come you're getting messages and I'm not? You <laughs> <laughs> think they're a third party, right? <laughs> yeah, like, darn it, Amira, I appreciate you, but <laughs> it was a personal thing with her. Yeah, so anyway, it was beautiful. And I just want to say that now, I mean, after healing and grow, going through that, he's manifested so many gigs for his band. They are off the charts. He is so busy. He's now complaining he's too exhausted from too many gigs and, and has all this extra money. He's renovating his house. And it's so cool when we finally get into our flow. Mm -hmm. and, and as much as they were entwined and, and he cherished her with all his heart, it's not been since her leaving that his own gifts and spiritual abilities are cranking up. And I've heard that a know. lot. People, a lot of people awaken to their gifts after the loss of someone significant. Whether it's a relationship mm -hmm. or, yeah. And why is that? I, that happened to me. Yeah. I got divorced and my dad died. Well, those energetic frequencies had occupied so much of my own energy field that I had no idea. That's the unconscious energy I'm talking about. So like I often tell the story, like imagine that you're as a soul, you come as an energy into a fetus. All you know is your mother's womb. It's safe. It's warm. We're back to the womb again. It's loving, right? 
-hmm. And, and literally what you're doing is you're absorbing your mother's thoughts, feelings, all of her belief systems. So through osmosis, we're literally sucking it up. You're matching your mom's vibration frequency. You don't know that because you don't know anything other than that vibration, the earth, new earth vibration as a soul. Then you're born and you match your father. You match your friends. You match your school and your teachers and your religion and your culture. And it goes on and on and on and on. When we hit puberty, we start to push back. We want to do our hair our own way. We want to do what we want and talk the way we want and get cool. <laughs> what we're trying to do is identify with our original blueprint. We're trying to push mom's energy out. We still love her and she guided us, but we're trying to find that uniqueness within ourselves. And we, most of us, well, we've all been struggling trying to find that. I was going to say, I think for most of us, it takes our whole lives trying to figure, trying to find it again. Yeah, because nobody taught us, nobody gave us tools or the understanding one, that we're energy. Two, that we can shift it and we can separate those energies to align with who we are. Talk about when we were talking about your authentic, finding that authentic voice. That's what we're trying to do is find that frequency, that uniqueness that is pure Melissa, pure Amira. And when, when we find that, that's when we start feeling like we're in the zone and we keep repeating it and repeating it and our light gets brighter and brighter. Why? Because we're extracting all those foreign energies, not good or bad. They're just not us. They were vital and they were important because they were guiding us, right? They were teaching us. But, you know, being a mom, I'm sure you don't realize until your kids are 13, 14, they're very much plugged into you. You know, you lose yeah. some of your space to them, which is normal. Yeah. Yes. I'm trying to find yourself as a mom, right? Right. That's why so many mothers struggle. The kids start going out and doing, well, now what? And they, they cling or they try to force it to be like, you're leaving me. You don't love me or right. something like that. It's not that. And quite honestly, it's opposite. If you can, you know, give your child all of their own energy, reclaim all of your energy, the relationship gets stronger. Same thing with a, a marriage or a relationship. You're absolutely right. I've seen that in my own life with my daughter. When I felt her like pulling away, the instinct was to want to <laughs> grab yeah. and cling on. You're losing I did yes. that, the, the worse it got. But when I let go. Exactly. And same thing with a relationship, right? Yeah, when yeah, you really yeah. want somebody, is he going to call? Is he going to call? What's up with him? Why isn't he calling? Da, 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 da. As soon as you forget about it, oh, all of a sudden he shows up. Yeah. Women do this all the time. It cracks me <laughs> up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Act yeah. nonchalant. Don't even care if he calls, if he doesn't. When we can get to that neutral place, that's when we create the magic and they can't be without us. Yeah. The trick is learning how to keep that dance going, right? Yeah, the balance of it. That's right. That magnetic energy, the thing that it draws us to them is the very thing that when it's stuck in our energy field, it pushes us away from them. <laughs> but how do we, it's learning how to manage our energy, be in the flow, to be in this creative alignment, having clear alignment with our chakras, etc., and not like 
if I just told you, told you about Egypt, you went there. Your thoughts were already wandering around the temples with me, right? Oh, wow, that would be so magical going, yeah, we're going to have private time in the great chamber, in the king's chamber, where at the lunar eclipse, we're going to be activating soul code, and it'll be profound. So it's highly, highly important time. I haven't been back. I've been now, it'll be my 13th trip. Wow. The last time I was there was in 2013. So it's been eight years, nine years for me. But it's it's a magical place. So so we have to learn how to manage our energy. That's this is the threshold we're coming into. So it's not about healing with crystals, although they're wonderful. The crystal ain't going to transform you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I have it's I'm not bashing crystals. Bless them. You know I've got a crystal chandelier right here. <laughs> um, but it's learning that you are the crystal. You are the air you are love you are all of it and connecting with that superpower powerful chills (laughs) love that so amazing and i just felt a group of angels come in and surround us it's almost (laughs) like holding this space for the next you know spiritual superheroes you know like we're just we're holding a space for other people to come into this space and to vibrate at a higher frequency. And the more of us, it's not about me healing you or you healing me. It's about each of us holding on to and knowing that that um, authentic power, that uniqueness, but at the same time, the oneness. This is how we're gonna shift the vibration on the planet and, and step into a higher level of, of love and peace that we all want. Yeah. So needed, so needed right now too. I love that. And, and many with fear, as fear is being accelerated and triggered by the, you know, media, won't name any names, they're all guilty of it. The point is, it just keeps triggering our fears and that's, that's an indicator. That's like a little red hot button within you. If you're being triggered, that is something to be healed. That's all. Yeah. Getting neutral and not being in fear, knowing your intuition will guide you every step of the way, if you're clear. Yeah. So the trick is getting that clarity. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and that's why I do the work I do. Yeah. Building building the chakra system and, and really focusing on the sixth chakra. Activating that pineal gland isn't a one of flip a switch because all your seven, eight chakras are interacting together. So that eight, six, seven, six, <laughs> six chakra, the third eye is only going to be as good as all the chakras are harminating. Yeah. Harmony. That's a new word, did you know? Harmonating. <laughs> that means vibrating in harmony. <laughs> I like it, let's go. I like Harmonating, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, so spirit's having some fun with us. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, if if people can make up words for social media, why can't we say harmonating? I like it from now on. <laughs> yeah, Twitterverse. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, harmonating. That's good. Well, I love that this is such a fun and really an, just informative conversation. And I've personally learned so much. And I want to thank you for being here to share your story. Uh, but if there are listeners out there who want to get your book, because I know there are a lot of my listeners going through spiritual awakenings, I, they write to me all the time and tell me, 
I'm going crazy and I will tell them, no, you're not going crazy. So if they would like to buy your book to help them through this journey, or maybe they want to work with you or just follow you, what's the best way for them to do that? You can visit amirahall.com. That's A-M-I-R-A-H-H-A-L-L.com. And that's two H's and two L's. Awesome. And I will have that link in the show notes too. So you guys can go and just click on it and check out her website, which I highly recommend doing because this has been a very fascinating conversation. And I kept getting chills all throughout it when you were talking. And that happens to me when my soul hears truth. And I know that for a fact. So it's wonderful to be able to meet with and talk to people who share the same vision who are doing the same kind of work and really helping to raise the vibration of the collective and help others heal because it is so needed right now. So very needed. So thank you for doing that work. Thank you. And your mom has a message for you. Okay. Keep smiling. <laughs> Everyone always said we had the same smile. So there you go. <laughs> now, you know, I've got chills and your mom is here. Thank you so much awesome. for all you do. Thank you. And I want to thank all of you for being here with us today. Also, as always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe, please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening and sharing my podcast with those you think might benefit is the greatest compliment you can pay me. If you want to follow me on social media, all of my links are in the show notes. And if you want to work with me, just go to my website, melissaoatman.com. I hope you guys are having a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. As always, I am sending you so much love and light. And I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Blessings.